0: To so gross, such point, much blank. A little concern put together by me, Joe George, and my co host, Blake Collier. In this episode, we're going to rip off the great Alien Minute podcast and talk about gross point blank minute by minute, beginning with minute number one. Blake, what'd you think of this first minute?
1: Oh, man. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of black.
0: <laughs> there is a lot of black.
1: Yeah. So, but. Uh. Let- yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh, let's just talk about what, what we're going to be doing during uh, these episodes. So the every fourth episode, uh, we're going to stop and we're going to take a look at the movie that is the focus of this podcast and talk about each minute of Gross point blank one minute at a time So Mm. we'll kind of get into details of what's going on in the scene what it looks like and kind of go off in in ancillary directions at at certain times and so today we're going to begin with the first minute of gross point blank and Well, what happens in that minute?
1: That's a lot of titles (laughs) No, that's okay though because I mean it it led us into the world of studios and production, and and I think we were talking beforehand that that we learned a few things that we didn't realize uh, yeah. were the case. So it was a it was pretty pretty enlightening. Um, yeah, to to see kind of how all these different factions well, it's really one faction. It's Disney. <laughs> yes, it is. But, <laughs> but a Disney that we that does not exist anymore. Exactly. So, this is true. Uh, I, I mean, mean, it's really a
0: Hollywood that doesn't exist anymore. At yeah, this point,
1: no kidding. Uh, and and you think about it, like these two these two companies, Hollywood and and Caravan Pictures, are not really in the picture anymore. Nope. Um, they've been kind of phased out. The only the only studio that Disney has kept and and uh, kind of encased in their their empire is Touchstone yeah um which is probably their biggest money maker um mm-hmm. but i was fascinated to see that hollywood pictures was under their direction i i, I remember the the pyramid uh logo yep. of yep. from a lot of movies and uh, i didn't realize that their first film was arachnophobia which is i love a special it. place in my heart <laughs> you and me both yeah <laughs> and then uh and then you kind of you kind of dig through their th- what they've released and you're Oh, it brought back a lot of memories. Like, I feel yeah. like Hollywood pictures played a pretty significant part in my life. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah. So, so uh, before we go too much further, I just want to explain what actually happens in this minute. And, yeah. and, and and you were right. We get the two production company logos. This is from mm-hmm. the time when uh, small, well, for, it's from the time when uh, small movies like this or middle movies like this mm-hmm. actually went to theaters and you know when they go to theaters now, there's like eight production company logos, yeah. mm-hmm. three of them Chinese. Yep. It <laughs> now for Gross Point Blank, there were there were only two.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Hollywood Pictures and Caravan Pictures, and then it fades to black, and over a black screen we start to hear uh, Jimmy Nash's. I can see clearly now, and you over mean, a, uh, bl- you mean Johnny Nash? Did I screw it up again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yes, I mean Johnny Nash. I don't know where this is going to go in our episode thing, but if you listen to our first Nash episode, we call him by the wrong name several times. <laughs> and and we'll I thought I so. had learned my lesson and I wouldn't need to write it down. Yes, I mean Johnny Nash. Anyway, so over that song, we see, uh, again, the names of the production companies, and then right at the end of the minute, we get John Cusack, Mini Driver, and right on the mini mark, a uh, minute mini mark, minute mark, <laughs> We get Alan Arkin. So yeah. that's all that's going on there. Yep. So we're going to spend some time talking about those production companies. So, yeah, so we're – this is kind of where you're going with this. But mm-hmm. as a kid, I paid way too much attention for any child to production companies. I, I didn't like really it know what one was. But, you know, I kind of – I liked UHF and Robocop. Therefore, I liked Orion Pictures, you yeah. know. and yep. I, I grew up watching the Ernest movies, so I liked Touchstone Pictures for yep. that, you know. hmm So – Hollywood Pictures played a good part in your, your childhood. You paid well, attention to that.
1: Well, no, so, so it's... it's I, I was the same way. Like, I, I could almost tell you before the name came up, yeah. what the graphics... I could tell you the production company. Tristar, or, yep. Yep. you know, the, the, the unicorn galloping across the plane, yep. you know. I would always recognize them. I, I didn't ever... Keep a running list of films as that had those companies uh, tied to them. So looking back at both Caravan and Hollywood, uh, there's some pretty significant works that I grew up with and that I deeply loved. uh, Yeah. In their ranks, and so, but if you look at a Caravan, Caravan kind of had a had a run of uh, kind of failures, uh,
0: (laughs) like flops,
1: and uh, and I think that's part of the reason why it didn't last very long. But. Even even that uh, that icon, like I, pff, mm-hmm. I recognized yep. it as well. Um, and you know it's, like you know, movies like Rocket Man, they're not very good, but I I was re- saw spot for Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that guy in general is is hilarious. But yeah, yeah, I it's it's really fascinating to see to kind of dig into the history of some of these things, and and, and you know you, you look at the studio system back in the day when cinema was first kind of beginning, and and you saw. Yeah you know these major studios and then you get into like the the 70s and 80s and you start seeing a bunch of small indie companies that get subsumed under these bigger studios yeah and you see this happening still like it's 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 not changed really. It's just different companies.
0: It's weird in the case of these two because these are both Disney subsidiaries, yeah. both Hollywood and 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 Caravan, and these weren't subsumed. They were created uh, by mm-hmm. Hollywood for yeah. different reasons, uh, or for, by Disney rather for different reasons. Hollywood was created to be another mature line,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that uh, Disney could do PG thirteen R rated films without yeah. tainting. The Disney brand and uh, Caravan was launched as a uh, incub- no, incubator is not quite the right word, but um, a way for them to take a shot on uh, yeah. projects they deemed interesting. I mean, looking at the list, a lot of these, the Turkey Boys movie, not so much, but <laughs> a, a lot of them, I kind of assumed that like Angels in the Outfield was a Disney movie or yeah. – uh, Ah, uh, there's another one. That, Three Musketeers. I always thought that was a Disney movie. Yeah, and they're listed as—I guess they are—but they're listed as, I guess they are, but they're listed as um, Caravan Pictures. And so, yeah. it's interesting that at the time they they would Disney and these mega corporations would launch these smaller brands so they could do interesting experimental stuff yeah. without tainting their main brand. And now Disney just eats everything. I mean, the reason Caravan mm-hmm. and Hollywood don't exist anymore is because they don't need them because they own, you know, 20th Century Fox. Yes. And so,
1: well, in a in a really cynical reading of, of kind of the history of these two companies is the fact that basically Disney started these two companies so they could fill the spots they needed filled in their distribution calendar. Well, yeah. Uh, and that's like. True. Which is, is true, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you know, the Caravan especially was kind of to build up new talent, but to do it at a, you know, low budget film kind of scale, yeah. scale. and it's kind of like what Blumhouse does now, although Blumhouse is kind of its own kind of entity, uh, since it's not really tied to anything yeah. uh, specifically, and so the fact that Disney was willing to give Burnbaum and Roth uh kind of money to to just allow for new people to come in was pretty fascinating yeah. to yeah which is not surprising i mean disney while they're kind of becoming their own empire has always tried to try to bring new talent into into cinema i mean it's that is true the, it's not it's not either or it can be both and and so uh,
0: you, in my defense of the marvel movies that you hate so much <laughs> one of them is there are people excited about a Taika Waititi movie. Oh, there are people yeah. excited about Ryan Coogler movie. There's people excited about a Chloe yeah. Zhao movie. So yeah, exactly. that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and I am not going to, uh, uh attest those, uh, you know, <laughs> those, those elements of it, because I mean, the, I, I like going in to Ryan Johnson's next movie, Knives Out saying Captain America's in that. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, but I I just find it fascinating to see just how long Disney's been in the in the imperial control game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how much Eisner had his hands kind of deep into the into the yep. workings of all this of all this stuff.
0: I think a big difference though is I I have four kids, including uh, a seven year old, and I let her pick the movie last earlier in this week for movie time. Nice and that meant our choices were one of three disney movies because those are the only family style movies that are in there Mm -hmm. so and one was a fourth sequel toy story 4 which i I liked and the other two were bad cg remakes of older movies i mean the the point i'm getting at here is that disney would put out something like angels in the outfield which is not a great movie but at least it's—I mean, I guess it was a remake, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, okay. Well, but... there goes my point. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but at least it had—I mean, maybe I'm just remembering it as a kid. But it had flavor to it, as oh, opposed yeah. to you know, I'm still stinging from taking my daughter to Aladdin a couple days ago, which was hatefully cynically bad. Wow. You know, there was yeah. there was more flavor. Disney was pushing Disney movies out there, but they were things like gross point blank you know that yeah. they pushed out there something like this would show up on Netflix or Hulu or you know it would be yeah. one of these made for streaming movies yeah, that's that's for sure. the the place now for these types of films
1: and and that's that's why I will never diss stuff like Voodoo or or Netflix yep. or, or all these comedy prime because they're allowing for uh talent and and films that wouldn't get uh, you know a day in the studio system uh they're giving them the opportunity to put them out there i mean they get buried like right off the bat but uh if you know about it and you're a fan of the director or the writer or or actors in it then you're gonna look for it um
0: yeah absolutely
1: and so yeah it's i i mean i i remember seeing angels in outfield in uh as a kid and and (laughs) loving it um yeah i mean it's you know same thing with like heavyweights uh you know there's oh man there was a ton of films in this roster for caravan that that i remember you know seeing a uh, house guest uh back in my uh bad days Houseguest, but it... <laughs> holy crap <laughs> i saw house guest in the theater and i forgot it yeah it's not very good <laughs> wow i mean most
0: of these movies are bad yeah could, yeah yeah
1: my my mom absolutely oh for easily yeah yeah <laughs> my mom loves while you were sleeping i've never seen it <laughs> it's it's Go not ahead. bad it's not bad I for trust a your mom's taste yeah 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 <laughs> for sure so yeah it's the thing i find interesting kind of looking at this time period in disney's history and now is that disney's fallen into the trap and, and understandably so of putting technology first and that's why you get mm-hmm. seeing a lot of these cgi remakes of yeah. of cartoons is they're trying to stretch the bounds of of what technology can do, which is which is great. But because technology comes first, you're losing the human element, the the, the kind of story, the narrative, the yeah. uh, you know the, the sh- giving people the chance to tell their own stories instead of basically rehashing stuff that's already loved. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's an yeah. easy bank, as <laughs> as some Absolutely. would say. Yeah, okay, you're gonna put Will Smith in the genie spot. He's not near as charismatic as rod Williams but you know he's gonna have a draw and yep. so you you change a few things about it maybe make it a little bit more uh acceptable to social concerns sure. and and then you put it out there and you're gonna make some money like it's it's an easy it's an easy bet so
0: yeah
1: yeah uh yeah and and so but i think they're far from the only ones that are falling into that trap i mean oh sure every company's struggling with the kind of mixing technology with creativity um yeah and so yeah i and and this is coming from someone who really liked the the jungle book movie and i have yet to really want to see any of the others <laughs> so, they're not good they're yeah, really bad yeah yeah uh, that's what i've heard and and so yeah but yeah that's uh just seeing how disney was apt to 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 give smaller companies or smaller concerns this kind of power was was fascinating to see.
0: Any thoughts about the presentation of the uh, actual credits here? The opening on black yeah. with white text and the the, the song playing on the background. What was the effect of that for you?
1: It's so it's 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 a fairly typical kind of setup. I mean mm-hmm. that that that's far from unique uh, in the sc- in the scope of cinema history. But I think the choice of song as what's playing over the end is giving you a false positive. About what the movie's gonna be like, yeah, which is beautiful because if you're actually paying attention to the lyrics of the song, it deals with a there's a there's a a joyfulness that's kind of gone through a a suffering of some sort, like yeah he's been through a storm and now he's seeing clearly because mm. the tune gives a false positive if you're actually paying attention to the lyrics, yeah, then you're you're you may get a sense that maybe it's not all gonna be you know lighthearted so and i just want want you to know i searched high and low through the internet to see what kind of font was used wow (laughs) wow
0: i'm ashamed of my research i did not take it that far
1: (laughs) well it's just fascinating like i mean that's all we're seeing is is words and so what like aesthetically what am i looking at and (laughs) all i can say is there's a font there <laughs> now I'm fascinated to see what that font is, and I could not find it. So, uh, <laughs> um, wow! But you have the alternating sides, like yep. you know, yep. you, you know, and when you, when you get to the cast list, you you have John Cusack kind of on one side, higher up, yep. Mini Driver lowers on the other side, and then it's the kind of this this like descending order that's kind of re- you know going back and yeah. forth.
0: It reminded me of the uh, the the logo that happens when you like let your dvd player go into rest and yeah least like, like with my and the dvd thing bounces yep. around the screen exactly that's kind of what it was like yep. except we don't see the motion it's just ellen arkins up here <laughs> yeah, exactly. drivers down here yeah. and for me the, the the black background and white text opening kind of suspended expectations for me like all it was giving me was the song and nothing else and yeah. so there, there's for me, it was this kind of setup that we're not going to reveal what this movie is. Yeah. Um. And th- this is going to be a take that I'm going to keep going back to because we'll talk more about this in the next minute, I'm sure. But this this movie, the script had gone through some uh, uh, evolved yeah. during the production. And so you can see in various parts, I think, hints of what the original movie was supposed to be, which I think is a much worse movie, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, that's not fair. Um, a movie that is typical for its time, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, would be a better, yeah. better way to put it. It became something different and i think that the for me at least the black tech the the black background and the white text kind of forces us to withhold this we go into the movie thinking that we know what it is and instead of giving us you know cold open that's going to be this cool shot or something yeah. like that it just it just kind of puts its hand up and said just just wait a minute just listen yep. to the music you know and that's then right. we'll start to subvert our expectations in interesting mm-hmm.
1: ways yes no i i totally agree with that and uh I think it's stark like you know the the choice of a very bright white and a very black background yeah it's there's a kind of like literal black and white element mm. that the that, that viewer is going into this film with and and as we know being fans of this film that black and white perspective is is going to merge like it's yeah. going to become less so as the as the movie goes on and so it's 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 like a maybe an unintentional Kind of, uh, this is the audience at, in in the credits. Uh, like you are yeah. seeing black and white, and yeah. what you're about to go into is going to question that 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 idea. Yeah, uh, that's in your head about who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. It's a classy way to open the film. It's very simple, nothing yep. special. Yep. Uh, great song playing in the background uh, that kind of gives you false hope that what you're about to see is is going to be more comedy, less you know <laughs> drama. And it's a nice little, uh, nice little intro. What I want to talk about briefly is this this company called New Crime Productions. did yeah, you do some yeah, research yeah. on that? Yeah. So it's basically just a theater troupe. Uh, yeah. It's John Cusack, uh, DV uh, Davisonis, and Steve Pink. Uh, Steve Pink, known most well for directing the Hot Tub Time Machine movies. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Uh, he's actually written a lot of really good films, um, but those are his two directing uh, outside okay. of some TV shows. Um, and so he 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 normally directs comedy. Uh, is, okay. Is basically, if you look at his his uh, list of stuff, then then uh, you'll you'll notice he's a big comedy director. But yeah, so they they it was a Chicago troupe mm-hmm. uh, with Cusack and and those guys and and they wanted to take their their troop into the film and so they did films like high fidelity mm-hmm. um war Inc. i believe they did uh, a mm-hmm. few others and so what i find interesting about that is just that jump like i don't think that would happen today where a, a comedy troupe could make such a seamless jump into film like they did mm. i mean with the production side of it right okay yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah no 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 not not the people themselves yeah okay I, that's that happens all the time but yeah but the just that seamless theater uh, production going into film, like you don't see that as often. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I can't think of that either. That's interesting.
1: And usually they peter out. Uh, I mean, if yeah. if it does happen, they they peter out. But these guys, I mean, they have. Let's see, seven movies under okay. their belt. Most of them, all of them, except for one starring Cusack, which is is right because he's kind of one of the main heads of the of the company, and he's. Yeah. They set it up in order to get pro- production credits for the for the writers and and troop themselves, and then mm-hmm. finding starring roles for Cusack to get out of that eighties yeah. teen stereotype that he had played. You know, he'd started his career on. I believe it was Cusack who said the reason why his production company is called New Crime is because he wants all of his movies to be exactly that—a mm. new crime. Uh, which I, you could take that to mean various things. He's probably meaning yeah. more politically. Um, yeah, which most of these films have some kind of left um, political kind of approach. You but, say
0: with some disdain.
1: Well, no, no. Actually, I'm I'm more there than I used to be. I, I if you if you'd asked me about ten years ago, then yes, I would have said it with other disdain. But <laughs> but I it's it's I'm I still got that skeptical side of me where anything that sure. is uh, is guiding it towards a certain perspective is. Uh, <laughs> Is something to be suspicious of. <laughs> so, a lot
0: of people don't like the truth. It's okay.
1: <laughs> very true. Very true. So, did you find <laughs> anything else about New Crime?
0: I did not. I did yeah. not spend time with New Crime. So, well, I'm, I'm glad you did.
1: I just, I just knew that that it was pretty, pretty closely tied to John Cusack. So, uh, yeah. I actually had to go through a few articles to find anything significant about him because mm. um, they don't really have you know, wiki entry or anything like that. I had to, so I just dug into it. See, see what I could find. I'd actually didn't know they were a theater production group. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all, a lot of these actors uh, that are in the film are from Chicago area. Yep. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was just another, uh, theater troupe and in Chicago along with all the rest of them. So, um, yeah, but then we get your typical George Armitage film. Yep. Uh, and as we'll dig into currently, uh, <laughs> then, I don't think we need to go much further on that because he's, yeah. he's kind See of... See the Armitage
0: like, episodes yeah. if you're... He's the man of the bro. hour. He's <laughs> the man of the hour. That's right.
1: So for John Cusack and Minnie Driver real quick, I, I just want to get mm. your general feeling uh, for both of these actors. Um, what's your What's your kind of... At the time when... Gross Point Blank came out. Did you were you invested in either one of these actors? No, yeah, neither of them. Me neither.
0: Um, so. I'm trying to think of 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 um, timeline. If did this come out? This came out before Goodwill Hunting, right? So
1: yes, I believe so. So,
0: so the, these two movies are kind of tied in my mind of oh, this is who Minnie Driver yep. is, you mm-hmm. know, and it kind of in the same way that this and uh, High Fidelity are tied together in. Oh. Learning who John Cusick was and then kind of going backwards. And and I happened to work with uh, the place I was working at the time. I worked with uh, uh, cool 80s kids, you know, people that were. Ten years older than me, and they seem so cool. And they were all, you know, they love John Cusack. So yeah. uh, that's that was my introduction to all of the music on these soundtracks. That was the introduction to all of his films. And but at the time, no, that was a, a the only person I was really familiar with was Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> Out of this, oh, you know what, and Alan Arkin because I grew up watching The uh, Rocketeer. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But so- besides that, that's that was at the time all that I was aware of.
1: Nice, yeah. So I I wasn't. So I'm a, I'm known as kind of a John Cusack fanatic, mm-hmm. um, but I had not started that, uh, at the time that I saw Gross Point Blank. I, I rented Gross Point Blank on pay-per-view because oh. in, in the, in the panhandle of Texas, you would not <laughs> see Gross Point Blank in the theaters. It just wouldn't oh. happen. And so <laughs> the only, the only way I could watch some of these smaller films would be, uh, to watch them on pay-per-view. And okay. I remember watching it the first time while I was doing homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because so, I was you know, like a freshman in high school or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so I I knew who John Cusack was. I had seen probably some of his films at the time, but I was not near the the fanatic, and this would be the movie that kind of would bring me into my love of Cusack. Yeah. Uh, Mini Driver I knew because I had a sister who loved uh, romantic films, and she was in Circle of Friends before this. Okay. Uh, and I had seen that probably a couple times at that point, and... You know, it's 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 fine. It's a decent it film. Chris O'Donnell, is he in that? Yeah, Chris right? O'Donnell I, okay. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched that. Uh, I think I think it was traumatic for me, uh, at that age. Oh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, I I knew who she was. I, I this is probably the movie that would make me like fall in love with her. I, I had a brief like uh mini driver crush uh shortly okay. after this. <laughs> I mean, she she kind of replaced my ongoing crush of Marissa Tomei uh, for a short period of time. Uh, I see. <laughs> so I still have a crush on Marissa Tomei. So let's <laughs> say has she <laughs> reclaimed the crown, or mm. oh yeah, Marissa T- Tomei will always be number one in my heart. <laughs> okay. <I'll forget. laughs> um. Yeah. So I I didn't really have any kind of personal um ties to either one of of these two. Um. Alan mm-hmm. Arkin. I had seen Wait Till Dark at that point, mm-hmm, um, but yeah. I I didn't put two and two together because yeah, yeah. he was significantly younger in Wait Till Dark, uh, which is a brilliant film. I didn't. It took me probably a year, a couple of years to f- to put the two together that this is the same yeah. guy. So I didn't have much tie in with him. Uh, I probably at the time at that age I was probably mixing him up with Alan Alda <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. used to do that a lot. <laughs> like yeah, well, <laughs> come on, that's yeah alliterative names like that and That's it's not they because get. they look alike it's, it's yeah. <laughs> all the names it's just the names uh yeah so yeah the, i i didn't have any specific feelings now nowadays like they are all three of them are very uh yep. very connected to to pretty key films in, in in my cinematic history and so yeah i i remember one of my favorite uh uh many driver films was Return to me so
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 David
1: Duchovny and and, and yeah. her. Yeah, it's great. And have you seen Beyond the Lights? No, I haven't.
0: Oh man, nice. you need to see Beyond okay. the Lights. It's we'll Really, do. We'll really, do. really, really good. Um, and she's she's fantastic as kind of a, uh, initially unsympathetic dance mom sort of thing. And nice. It's, it's yeah. Uh, seek that movie out. Okay. It's, we'll it's do. really good. She's we'll great do. in it.
1: Yeah. She's she's a great actress. Uh, she is so good. So yeah. so I want to ask one thing real quick. Um, and we'll talk about it more later on. But how yeah. does she, how do, how well does she nail the Michiganian accent? A, a accent? Oh, she's terrible. <laughs> terrible. She is terrible. <laughs>
0: we'll, yeah, we'll get into this. Yeah, 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 part yeah. of my defense of Dan Aykroyd's character doing that, he overdoes the Chicago accent. Yeah. But he kind of needs to because yeah. I promise you, nobody living in Grosse Point sounds like she does. It's yeah. just <laughs> – <laughs> oh. The the Midwestern accent is a weird thing. I, I'll be the first to cop to it. That and it's not you know, a lot of British actors that they like to try either the 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 northeastern kind of New York accent or they'll try a southern accent for yeah. some reason southern accents. And I live in North Carolina, I've lived here for thirteen years, so I've developed enough of an ear to say most of those are bad Southern yeah. accents. But mm-hmm. she doesn't I don't even think she tries to hit the rhythm of the Midwest accent. So, yeah. no, that it's going to be a point I'm going to bring up more than a few times. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. How annoyed I am that she does not sound like anybody from Michigan.
1: Yep. Well, I think that's, uh, unless you add anything else, I think that's really all there yeah. is to the, to the first minute.
0: I think so, too. So that's all for So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. We have been your hosts, Blake Collier and Joe George. If you like what you hear, then head over to iTunes and send us up. Subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. And remember, this podcast is us breathing. Thank you for listening to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. If you like what you're hearing, then maybe head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a comment. If you don't like what you're hearing, just turn your radio down. Our podcast theme music comes from Jan's. You can hear more of Jan's work by going to thespacecampaign.com. Our podcast intro music is Terra by Chick Carrera and The Electric Band. Our podcast outro music comes from Jeff Hansen. Our podcast artwork comes from Jeff Myrick. You can find out more information about us by going to facebook.com backslash S-P-M-B You can follow the show on Twitter at SoGrossPod and that's gross with an E as I often forget You can follow me, Joe at J-A-George2 and I spell the two with an I-I for reasons I don't understand and you can follow Blake on Twitter by going to at Lost in Osmosis which I also don't understand Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week and so gross, such point, much blank.